You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwickdom. This is Murps. Hello. Uh, we missed last week. There was no podcast. There was nothing to say. Let's, let's just be honest, you know. Um, we were streaming. And we were just like, we could do it. We, we, we were streaming. We were not playing the game. By the way, neither of us have played this game for like a, almost a month. It will be a month before we play. The, there will be a month of neither of us having played this game for the first time in history of Hearthstone's like beta. Um, uh, before the next uh, stream, which is my Friday stream. Which hopefully by then they will have a patch and I will actually play Hearthstone. But that's, that's where things are. We were, we were on. We were on for like an hour and a half just like talking and hanging out. Um, but we were like, I don't know how to record this LifeWorks podcast. Yep. So that's sort of where we're at. Look, we didn't do it last week. We're doing it this week. Do we have anything new to talk about? No. Um, is it because nothing has happened? Yes. Nothing has happened. <laughs> you can go look at HS Replay right now. Um, the stats are the same. Uh, DK is close to 60%, and the last place, which is Warrior, is 41%. Uh, that's bad. Uh, the frustrations are still there. Uh, people are yeah. frustrated that, you know, it's sort of like, do I get DK? Do I not get DK? And then when they get DK as well, do I get the good cards, right? Um, am I able to draft a horror? Um, am I going to get unholy cards uh do i actually get stuck with too much neutrals and you know that's real feels bad right you you get neutral dk in which you know it's still like powerful enough but that sucks right so the problems are still there um i i don't exactly know when it'll it'll get better but uh same old same old still yeah we can hear the clicking by the way Oh, sorry. Um, that thing happening. Um, but yeah, uh, like we, uh, we've we gone through periods of way longer than this where nothing's happened. Uh, but, you know, we, unless something happens, we would make a podcast. And, and we don't plan to skip podcasts in the future. We just didn't do it last week, even though we were on. Um, it's just, it's not even just that there's nothing like happening in the game. There's nothing to, to really talk about about what's going on with the developers because they've already announced. They announced very early on in the year that there was going to be a patch. And they very uh, wisely, and uh, uh, at the time I was like, ooh, it's not going to happen for a while. They phrased it as, the patch will be coming sometime, or the hotfix will be coming sometime this month. And they did it like the very first week of January. So I'm like, okay, if this is happening anytime soon, you'd say it was happening soon or next week or whatever. So sometime this month... That's 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 a bad sign, and it is a bad sign because we're not going to get the patch until I think the seventeenth is their latest estimate of when the patch is, and that would put us in this terrible meta for like since their last like patch that supposedly hot fixed it uh, four weeks, and since the launch of Death Knight six weeks of Death Knight being making the rest of the game um, kind of unplayable and uh, very tiring, and. Just kind of not fun, right? Like, at the core of it. Um, 
So there's not even much to say about the developers. They've already told us, right? We talk about communication a lot. There's pretty good communication. Like they didn't nail down the date until a few days ago, but um, but they they did. Like if you read between the lines, you didn't have to read very hard to know that it wasn't coming anytime soon. They didn't want to be like, "Hey guys, welcome to the new year. You're not getting a patch for two weeks." They didn't say that, but the communication I think was still there. And at least uh, you know I applaud them for that. Um, if if I am still puzzled by why they couldn't have released the patch at least last week. Like, really, honestly, you should be able to release the patch the first week of January. There's nothing special about the first week of January. It's a work week. Um, but even if you're going to, you know, be generous to your employees and whatever, like, second week of January, come on, roll it out. So we're not getting into the third week of January. Um, and the thing I want to highlight, like, if there's anything to take away from this... Uh, that we didn't talk about before, is that all of the the one specific part of this meta that everybody really latches onto or that is different or a little different uh, with the prior meta is horror, right? Horror is now seemingly even more everywhere and they actually buffed it for constructive purposes. And horror was one of the most complained about cards in the pre-patch uh, initial launch of Death Knight. Because it has no runes attached to it. So every single Death Knight deck ran it. It was common. And you know, it was never the most powerful card win rate wise. But it was like 5th or 8th or something. It was high enough, right? And Death Knight cards are, were, um, were, were just really good. So it was getting a lot of attention. More attention for kind of how bad it made you feel. And how like if you set it up not incorrectly or not in a terrible position. It kind of runs away with the game very often. Um, it got talked about more than its win rate. And now it's everywhere. And it's everywhere for a reason. It's not just in your head. You're not like just noticing it more or you're biased because you hate it more or they buffed it so people drafted it more. It was almost always an auto pick. It's everywhere now because they lowered the offering rates of all the Death Knight cards that perform better than it. And all the Death Knight cards that perform worse by it. Like, the next, like, five or, like, eight Death Knight cards that perform worse uh, than um, the Malignant Horror did. They nerfed all of their offering rates, except one. I'll get into that later. Um, by, uh, and that included by, uh, by 85%, 90%. I, I don't have the exact percentage because HS replay stats are not extremely reliable to that degree, but it was not by even 50%. It was significantly more than 50%. It was significantly more than 75% is what they nerfed it down. So whereas before you would get offered, like, let's say, uh, Army of the Dead, you would get offered, uh, let's say, one Army of the Dead per run on average if you were going green. Now you're going to get offered, like, every six, every eight runs. So that's a huge decrease. On the other hand, Malignant Horror was untouched. This is one of the most complained about cards. Completely untouched. Which means that you're actually getting offered more Malignant Horrors now than you were before. So they didn't just buff Malignant Horror. They also effectively increased its offering rate by decreasing the offering rate of every other good card in, in uh, Death Knight. Um, and this isn't new. This happened a few weeks ago. Uh, but the meta was so obviously terrible we didn't really dig into it. Uh, so, so the headline here is that the meta you're experiencing right now was 100% intentional by the devs. This is the meta they wanted. I don't know why this is the meta they wanted, but this is the meta they wanted. They are not doing this by win rates. 
Uh, they're not doing anything else. Um, they are just, they just really like Malignant Horror, apparently. I wanted it in every Death Knight deck. Even as they nerfed other cards with significantly lower win rates, like all the way down. Um, and in case you're wondering, like, oh, maybe Malignant Horror is special. Maybe they had a reason for it, right? Maybe, uh, maybe it, it has no runes. Maybe the other unruned cards are so core to the Death Knight experience that they didn't want to nerf the offering rate. No. Chofall and Baron got nerfed. It's always performed worse than Malignant Horror. It is another common, runeless uh, card, uh, Death Knight card, and it got nerfed to hell. So there's no policy here. It is just Malignant Horror singled out alongside Yemajar Deathbringer, uh, which, weird, I don't know why. Uh, but these were the two that were basically singled out and said, hey, despite your win rates, we are not nerfing you. Yep. Uh, so that's where we are right now. Um, it is the most impactful and tilting card uh, out of the most popular class by far. So it's got like this twin tyrant effect in which, uh, especially now that we look back on it, it's like, um, you know, is it the strongest card in the meta period? Uh, no. no, let's not let's not confuse that. It it is by far the most impactful. Um, if you want to talk about you know sort of like power versus how often you see it versus how tilting it makes you right. So it's got the twin tyrant effect, and uh, of course when we were playing with twin tyrant, twin tyrant was like a very good card as well. Um, but I, I there were interesting conversations and uh, like in Twitch chat recently, and look. This is the cycle of what happens. People focus on something, and I think uh, some exaggerations happen. And I was in uh, Mr. 9.4's channel, and, and some people were, were saying it's like, oh, you know, they have to get rid of horror, which, agree. Uh, they're like, it's ruining the meta. Agree. It's the, it's the most powerful card ever printed. Now, look, guys. If, if here's, here's something I always want to want to preach. Um we just can't have like this sort of hyperbole uh i think if if we want to be taken seriously um if everything is just always like the worst possible if the meta is always the worst possible if malignant horror i mean uh, this meta is pretty bad (laughs) it's pretty bad but you know we've heard that many times but no i I agree i think this actually special you know this meta is actually kind of like the worst of all time but um Malignant, here's here's the thing. It's Because I think it is very close to the Twin Tyrant situation in which it should be removed. It's problematic, right? And, and for its time, it, it, it is a premium, premium card. Let's not pretend like it is actually the best card ever printed, right? Um, yeah, it is very, no. very impactful. Um, but what, let's not also just confuse the Death Knight power with malignant horror's power in which malignant horror it definitely contributes a lot right it's contributing a lot um but it's not like the only reason death knight is so powerful and and part of what makes the death knight powerful isn't even just only the death knight cards it's the rotation and how much it uh helps out death knights um and hurts other classes but they did this like yeah. they singled out malignant horror and they're like okay after we launched and we had all the cards everyone played all the cards and we had all the stats we have singled out malignant horror as the one good card 
that will represent Death Knight that you are allowed to have an arena. And we encourage you to have an arena. And it's going to be in every Death Knight deck multiple times. Like, that was a deliberate balancing slash game design decision that the team put out. And it's... I, I can't think of the reason for it. This was not a card that anybody played with. It was like, so nice. I want to see more. And they're buffing it too. Like, the, you know, not, not the arena team, obviously. Just the base card got buffed. Yes. So this should have been like the highest of that list of cards to really nerf to help. On the offering rate. And instead, it was the one exempt from nerfing. Because here is what I don't want happening. Um, if the community and Arena HSM, whatever we want to call it, focuses too much on malignant horror, um, and, you know, everybody gets what they want, which is a malignant horror ban, the Death Knight problem is still there. This is a Death Mm -hmm. Knight problem. This is a Death Knight problem that has underneath it a malignant horror problem. It is not a malignant horror problem. And I think the longer that people actually believe, it's like, well, this is literally just the uh, the most powerful card ever created. It's like, I no, think people I mean, want to believe that. That's Yeah, I mean, but that, that's like, just wrong, first of all. Um, I mean, we don't even have to mention kind of like stuff that... Like, okay, here is an actual situation in, in, in which this sort of criticisms would be correct. Do you guys remember... Um, uh, what was it? Bloodseeker in Hunter. So that's mm-hmm. a good example of a card that is, especially for Arena, the card itself is brokenly good. The class was bad and, and is mm-hmm. probably going to be bad for a while, right? Unless something dramatic happens. Like, Hunters haven't been good for a long, long time, right? Mm-hmm. Bloodseeker by itself is an extraordinarily unfair card. And it runs away with games starting on turn two. Starting on turn two, some games, and I only say some games because hunters suck, right? And, uh, it just single-handedly runs away with some games, and it snowballs to an effect in which uh, nothing... Like, you either have weapon removal or your, you, you know, your two-mana card kills the, the two-mana... Uh, you know, your two-drop, three-drop, and four-drop, and still has more charges, right? Um, it's, just, it's just that good. So that's a good example of like, yes, we should complain about the card. We can recognize that the class itself sucks. And I think some people are also just okay with it because the class sucked. But the uh, So they were like, eh, it doesn't matter. You know, give them this overpower card. In which that's not a good situation either. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do I agree that it is healthy? Like, that situation is healthier than this situation? Sure, right? Like, yeah, fine. Because, yeah, Hunters sucked even when they had uh, Bloodseeker. That, that's more fine than what it is right now. Um, but we don't want either of these situations, and we certainly don't want to confuse these situations, right? That Bloodseeker situation isn't malignant horror. Um, and I think the, the more that... Because, look, the, the devs have stated they, they read and, and they take community feedback. Um, and So they saw all the malignant horror complaints before the patch. Yeah, they, they saw it. So, yeah, maybe what I'm about to say <laughs> is not exactly true. I'm just like, I, I think we need to focus more on kind of, like, what is actually going on. Because I don't want... 
this sounds bad. I don't want like sort of the the easy out and yet incorrect out for the devs in which they're just like, okay, so if we if we just fix or uh, get rid mm-hmm. of horror, like that's what they want, right? But no. well, the horrors, like like I said, right? horror is obviously not the problem. It's just the it's the uh, it's who they picked as the uh, uh, what do you call it? Like the mascot. It's who they picked as the Death Knight mascot for the Death Knight problem. Mm. Right? Like, if you got rid of horror, it would be whoever's next up that annoys and is ridiculous and whatever. So, they purposefully did not nerf this. And is the only common card that they did not nerf um, that has a high win rate with a miles of it. Like, anything remotely close to this win rate or quite a bit below this win rate, they nerfed the offering rate. Gutted it. Like, minus 80%, minus 85%, minus 90% gutted. Um... So, this is, like, yeah, like, this is not the, even after the card got buffed, this is not the best card, this is not an S-tier card or anything uh, like that. Um, It's just a really, really good card in an insanely, absurdly overpowered class, and it is the only really, really good card left that is allowed to stand. So, it's going to, like, if you've nerfed the offering rate of every single other A-tier card, and you only allow this class to have B-tier cards and below... Except for Malignant Horror. <laughs> Malignant Horror is structured in a way to be able to single-handedly win the game in several situations. You're, you're, and, and also has no runes attached to it. You're going to have the problem where this is going to seem like the problem. And in a, in, because relative to other Death Knight cards, it is the biggest problem in Death Knight. But, yeah, like... It, 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 I don't think it's... I mean, maybe it is masking the, the bigger problem for some people. But I think most people know. Like, at least the good players, they know that this is not a malignant horror problem. This is the overall Death Knight problem. Um, I just, I still can't get over that malignant horror was specifically exempt from the nerf. Like, Um, maybe it's a bug. Like, maybe maybe they meant to nerf it and it, it slipped and then they couldn't fix it for a month. Like, I don't know. What I also hope is, cause, um, they, they buffed horror. For yeah. constructed purposes, right? Yeah, they buffed horror. And look, you don't have to make changes with the arena in mind, obviously. Constructed will come first. I get it. But I think you do have to ask a question of like, oh, hey, what does this mean for arena, right? It combined with what they were going to do um, in that patch, which uh, you know implemented this change along with the buff, I think you just have to see, right? Like, it's... it's it's not like a complex Ruber machine in, mm-hmm. in, in which you're just like, oh, I have no... If I pull this lever, like, what will happen after all these cookies? They straight up buffed it and made it better. They buffed it? They, it's not like they moved the mana cost or anything yes. and it could be weird or whatever even. There's not even, like, a 1% chance that it was not, like, a straight up buff that'll make this card more powerful. They changed the requirement from five bodies to four bodies. They buffed it, made it better, and then... It, in that same patch, uh, you know, they all they had to do was see, oh, okay, we're removing uh, some cards in which what will fill the vacuum, right? This will fill the vacuum. So a, a card yeah. that was pretty good before um, is now bumped okay. Okay. and will that, appear that's... more often. So that that's what I want to kind of, like, that's what I'm hoping for. It's like... In the future, whenever a change like this happens, I think like there has to be some sort of consideration 
for sure, that. sure. There has to be consideration on that. You got to think about it. But that's not even what's happening here. I see people in chat saying the same thing. That's like, hey, we don't really complain that much about horror. We complain about Discover and other things more. Well, I don't know what you guys are complaining about, but go listen to the Light Forge. Go listen to the Light Forge podcast. Nobody. The, the Light Forge podcast after the 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 what do you call it? The the meta hit right after after launch. What were we complaining about the most? Was it Discover? It was malignant horror. It was specifically malignant horror. I know because I talked about it a lot because I was very annoyed that this card exists. And we talked about how this card, we had the same conversation about the card's analysis, right? This card's not as good as what everybody says. And we, I could say the statement, this card is not as good as what everyone says because everyone was saying about how ridiculously OP this card was. I can't say the statement, this card is not as good as everyone else says, it's probably just an A-tier card, if other people weren't rating it an S-tier card effectively. So, one, we called this out right off the bat. Two, other people were calling this out right off the bat, even harder, going overboard, in my opinion. Like, that's why we were like, hey, we're not signed off on this, like, malignant horror is S-tier stuff that everyone seems to believe. It's not that bad. It's still A-tier and super-duper annoying and needs to have an offering rate nerf. And it's affecting the game in this way and this way and this way. Go back and listen to that LifeForge uh, podcast. Malignant horror was specifically singled out by us as everybody was hating on it too hard for being too OP. And it's not that OP. This is the pre-buff version. So let's not change the story here and said, oh, all anyone talked about was Discover. Yes, people were talking about Discover. Yeah, people were talking about Army of the Dead and whatever. Like, we talked about Green Runes too. But Malignant Horror was right up there with all the other discussions. Right up there. It was not playing second fiddle. And what they did, they did not, like, say, like, oh, we nerfed everything. And then we got to Malignant Horror. And we're like, oh, it's not that bad. And then, you know, so we stopped. No, they nerfed everything, they got to Malignant Horror, they said, you're special, you're exempt, we like you, have more of you, and then they nerfed everything below it. There's no, don't don't try to find, like, an excuse for the developers, and they're, like, listening to the community. The community was up in arms about horror as much or almost as much as Discovery. You can also go back to Arena HS and check the Reddit posts. Um, that'll match the same story here. Um, this was not a. This was not like a. Oh, like nobody said anything. Thing. This is also not a. Oh, Adwick does being weird, and he really focused on this one thing that no one else cared about. No, we were less focused on it than other people. That's what I remember very clearly. We were specifically less focused on malignant horror than uh, the community at large after launch. I don't remember any of this, so I, I got I got no comment. Um, that's that's great. I, I will take your word for it. I have no idea. Just I just want the record to stand there, and we have the record. We have the record on Reddit. We have the record on the Lightforge podcast of what the community feels. We have it all on record. There is no there is no like uh, oh the devs listened to the community and you were cool with the horror and you know they didn't know that buffing it was going to make it so much worse. Like who cares if it didn't get buffed? They specifically exempted it. Alright. Alright. Anyway. I'm, I'm annoyed at that because but people have like, this isn't that long ago. This is not, we're not like debating something that happened years ago. And we're like, people remember this differently. No, this happened like a month ago. A little more than a month ago. My memory's not that bad. And, and we have very easily accessible records. 
Um, this was just a straight up case of the devs ignoring the community and thinking that they know better. And they didn't in this case. They said horror is going to be not just fine, but it is the one that we want to be the most powerful. And that will be the best play. Or you know what? Maybe they are right. Maybe I'm being too harsh on them. Maybe if they didn't have horror, the next card that was going to be ridiculous in Death Knight. Because remember, like Merp said, uh, Death Knight is the problem, not horror specifically. So if you get rid of horror, whoever's next is going to be the problematic one. And maybe that's actually worse than the horror map. It could be. Maybe. I, I, I don't I, don't I highly doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, look. Because um, here's the thing. Uh, if anything, just give... DK's more removal. Don't give them things that perpetually spawn value and board presence and pair up really well with, you know, another very common premium card in Bone Mare, right? Like, that's that's always sort of the fear. It's like, oh, they get enough corpses, they drop horror on six, and then that spawns something, and you can't get rid of it in time, and next turn they Bone Mare, and that's freaking GG, right? Because no... Mm-hmm freaking way you kill off two you know buffed um malugna horrors so yeah like i think that if you do something like oh just give dk's more removals like premium removals and force them to establish the board um in a same difficult you know or, or not as difficult fashion um, as other classes, that's fine. Because right now it just feels like, oh man, I have so many cards on the, the DK, maybe. Um, and then they drop a horror and, you know, like they have 20 corpses and you can't get rid of the first body and it's too much. And then you're just sort of waiting around, you know, you can't take care of all these bodies. If they get any buff, that really sucks. Um, if they get... So- yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let me bring in. This is a good point, I think, to bring in the other card that has an insanely high win rate. It is now actually the one, two, three. It's the fourth highest win rate in in Death Knight right now in the arena. It is behind only Necrotic Mortician, Army of the Dead, Battlefield Necromancer. This is it. It's above Tomb Guardians. It's above Corpse Ride. It is Yamajar Deathbringer. Yamajar Deathbringer is the only other card. That is around that win rate. It actually has a higher win rate than Malignant Horror. Uh, sig- significantly. Eh, not that significant. It has a consistently higher win rate than uh, even the buff version of Malignant Horror. And it is rare, though. So you see it less often. It's not common. It also has two greens, so you got to go down the two green route to see it. So you're going to see this card just kind of a lot less often than Malignant Horror. So people complain about it a lot less. But it does have a win rate that is consistently higher. Um, it is seen let's see three point something malignant horror is seen yeah it's seen at about a six the offering rate a fifth to a sixth the offering rate as malignant horror not because you know they nerfed the offering rate they did not but because it is rare it is not common and it has two greens attached to the rune so a lot of uh classes a lot of death knight classes are, are aren't even eligible to get it anyway this card was the only other card that was exempted from the nerf and this card is, if you remember, Death Rattle spent three corpses to summon a 3-3 Risen Yamajar with Taunt. So, it is a three-drop on curve with Taunt. And that has Death Rattle to summon a free 3-3 Taunt. Kind of similar to Malignant Horror. If you're going to find a card that is as similar to Malignant Horror as it gets, this probably isn't the card that's as similar to it as it gets. I think, like... 
Tomb Guardians is probably more similar, but it's close. Oh, sorry. Sorry, did I say the only one? I'm checking my notes again. Tomb Guardian's the other one. Just building my case more. Yamajar Deathbringer and Tomb Guardian were both unnerfed. And Tomb Guardian is the fifth highest win rate card. Yamajar Deathbringer is the fourth highest win rate card. This is regardless of offering rate, right? This is just the win rate. So the only other cards that are not Malignant Horror that did not get the nerf hammer and has a high win rate and have higher win rates than Malignant Horror, the buffers of Malignant Horror, are Yamajar Deathbringer and Tomb Guardians. Yamajar, Deathbringer, and Tomb Guardians are the only two cards that does the most similar things to Malignant Horror. When I say the devs very specifically saved Malignant Horror, they also saved Tomb Guardians and Yamajar, Deathbringer. They're just rare, and they're seen a fifth to a sixth the amount of times as Malignant Horror, so people complain about them less. But they are even worse by win rate. They may feel less bad, but they're even worse when it comes to how powerful they are. And they do the same thing that Merz was just talking about. They put more bodies on the board. You can't get rid of them that well. You spend a lot of resources. Blah, blah, blah. It is the Death Knight thing that everybody hates seeing. And the devs looked at this and said, this is what we want for Death Knight. We want Death Knight to be the class in this meta to be springing Yamajar Deathbringers and Tomb Guardians and Malignant Horrors all over the place. We will nerf cards that are significantly lower win rate than those, but we will not touch those. So when I say the horror is intentional, this meta is intentional, I'm not saying the devs could have fixed it. If you remember, I've been saying since the very beginning, the devs have no way of fixing this meta. It's going to be a bad meta regardless, uh, like since launch, when I realized how bad of a meta this is, uh, because they're not in standard and there's just nothing you can do about it. So I'm not saying they could actually do a significantly better job, but make no mistake, this after the patch, what you see in Death Knight is not an accident. This is the devs specifically pointing a huge thumb on the scale of how they want Death Knight to play, how they want Death Knight to feel, and all the feelings that you're feeling right now whenever you face a Death Knight, that is what the developer wanted to highlight. Like, I think it's, it's totally bizarre to me because it feels really, really bad. But that's what they wanted. And that's why I say it's a miss. Like, I think they're focused on the wrong thing because they clearly have focused on something. This is not an accident. At launch... There was no offering odds change whatsoever. It's just whatever cards happened to be printed. And then, you know, was, that, that was super powerful. But then, and if they just nerfed everything down, they were like, well, like, let's just take all the cards that win more than 60% and nerf it down. Uh, they didn't do that, though. They exempted a few cards, and all of them followed this exact pattern of using uh, the corpses to generate more bodies. Um, with Malignant Horror obviously being the biggest offender, both in terms of commonality and in terms of just generating even more bodies than the other guys. Anyway, anyway, this is all intentional, okay? I am not here spouting conspiracy theories. This is rock-hard evidence. Solid, unimpeachable. They took out these cards and they exempted it from their nerves. This is what the developer wanted. The meta you're playing in is the specific flavor of OP Death Knight that the developers wanted. Remember, the developers could not fix OP Death Knight. Death Knight was always going to be OP until standard rotation came around. But the kind of OP Death Knight that they thought would be the most fun or most palatable or least bad or however you want to phrase it, that is this. That is the malignant horror meta. Alrighty. 
rock hard decisions. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's rock hard evidence, evidencing their decisions. Rock hard. Okay, great. That's uh, that's fantastic. All right. Any last words about this meta before no. we go to the question from the goat? Question from the goat. What is going on with our lives? Because we have not really been doing as much Life Works podcast. We, we did one two weeks ago. We did one two weeks before that. Uh, we're going to try to get back to, to every week, especially because they have already announced that on the 17th there will be a patch. I don't know what's happening in the patch. There's no way it'll fix Death Knights unless that's when the standard meta is coming in. Uh, but it'll at least be something. And I have promised that if they actually put a patch out, whether it solved the problem or not, it will not solve the problem. I will play Arena again on Friday. Um, so that will be the next actual Hearthstone playing time on, on this stream. Um, but, um, but yeah, in the meantime, what's, what's happening? You, you, you go first. You know, just... Because your, your life is more interesting than mine care right of, now. Uh, taking care of the baby. It's, uh, it's just all baby all the time. That's basically it. Who knew that uh, if you have a kid... They will take up a lot of time. It's crazy. But uh, that's that's sort of life right now. Otherwise, things are great. He's growing. He is uh, doing very, very well. Uh, so health-wise, everything is good. Sleep-wise, for us, <laughs> not so great. But you know what? Uh, that, that kind of goes with the territory of being a parent. I would say that you will find this out, but I don't know if you will actually find this out. I think you will figure out a way to blissfully sleep and not really give a damn about what your kid thinks. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I'm actually yes. very much looking forward to the process of me figuring out how to best ignore the kid without it dying or something. I trust that you will do it in the most cutthroat, efficient way possible. That, that would be the goal. Uh, I was just talking about it earlier. Like, uh, Burps was like, oh, the baby just cries nonstop all the time. And it is like torture hearing your baby cry. I'm like, okay. So the problem is hearing your baby cry. If I can remove the hearing baby cry part, then I will feel less bad and possibly get more sleep. So we're going to figure out the best earplugs ever. Um... So my current plan is to use these uh, d uh, swimmers uh, earplugs that does the suction thing, and you can't hear anything because uh, normally I do uh, noise canceling, um, and uh, but that doesn't cancel baby screams by 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 design because noise canceling headphones want you to hear alarms and you know things like that, um, and and I need to circumvent that. Great, great. Uh, that that's I'm. Wow, I'm sure that is going to be quite the experience for you and for uh, for brand new. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm the primary uh, child caretaker person for the first I don't know, like four months of the baby's life. Not not brand new. Is this, We've already established that. Is it fair to still call you a, a caretaker? That seems a very uh, like a very strong term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the better word is, but I agree. Caretaker seems a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, maybe just like, you know, like, guardian. <laughs> like, like a, uh, a more cold legal Legal term. guardian. Yeah, legal yes. guardian. There you go. The person who would legally be responsible if something happened. Not the person who will prevent that something from happening. Yes. Uh, or you're, you're more like a, a death preventer, you know? Like, yes. That's really my goal. Yeah. My goal is death preventer. Death preventer. 
Boom. Um, and yeah, for the people in chat who are saying like get a get a a, 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 a sitter, um, I'm gonna take the money that I save from not paying for someone else, to, from not outsourcing the care of my child, and instead just not caring for the child in the early stages or like caring minimally for it, and I can put that money into Diablo Immortal because childcare is really expensive, and Diablo Immortal is really expensive. So with the amount of money I save during that four month period, I could be like. You know, a pretty big whale. Not the biggest whale. That game has an absurd cost. But I can I could be a pretty big whale in Diablo if, if all that money moves from the child caretaker of a period of time my child won't even remember or appreciate. Uh to to well, to You're to my easily Diablo looking world. at like five K resonance there. Like easily. Yeah, right? Right? That's huge. Not that's huge. Not seven K probably. No, no we're close easily to seven K. Easily five. Like I don't even think I'd even get to six K, but for the five K. Easily yeah. five K. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if they have some better deals, right? Because the game's getting lowering the bar all the time. Um. Anyway. Uh, lowering the bar I... is definitely what what, what we're <laughs> doing here. Yes, indeed. Uh. So it's MLK Day, uh, it's MLK Weekend, MLK Junior Weekend, um, and I uh, got some time. So what I've actually done is me and Brandu have watched, uh, we, we signed up for the one week free of Showtime. Again, every money you save can go to Diablo Immortal. That's just a fact. Um, and, uh, and so we did it because everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once, just won some, uh, some nice golden globes and we've been meaning to watch it forever, so we finally... Finally watched it. Absurdly good movie. Oh my god. You were like so right about it. And I've had it on my list. I kept like waiting for it. But Brand New wouldn't let me watch it until it went on sale somehow. And it just never did. It was always like 20 bucks. Um, so we were waiting for it to hit streaming. But we eventually just got the free trial. Um, if you haven't seen it. Oh my god. It is so, 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 so good. Like so amazingly good. And I don't know why also, but the, it's a Showtime package. And they just have, like, all the Asian movies. Like, I don't mean, like, movies from Asia. But, like, we also just saw Minari because it was on our list. And then they also had, like, After Yang, which I don't even know what that movie's about. I think it's about AI. But that's got to have something Asian to it. It's called After Yang. It's just, like, a list of the most popular movies are all Asian on Showtime right now. I have no idea why. Anyway. A huge recommend uh, everything everywhere all at once, especially if you're into philosophy or you're into movie genres. Like they have a lot of good filmmaking techniques in there or just good acting. Um, and for that movie specifically, it's interesting because the whole like Asian immigrant thing that seems to be like the huge focus of the movie in the first like five minutes. It becomes instead like a really good parallel theme. That fits very well with the movie. But but this movie would have been amazing even if it was like, you know, if, even if that aspect wasn't linked. So it was also interesting that they decided to go in the specific direction. Because it is a bit going to be a bit alienating when like half the movie is in like, not just Chinese, but like two different dialects of Chinese. It's like someone in Cantonese, someone in Mandarin, and you're just going to have to read subtitles. Um... But, but then the other half is in English, uh, and it's all mixed. The same sentence will have English and Chinese, and, like, it's, it's all part of it. It's everything everywhere all at once, right? But, like, they went with that direction, and they didn't have to. Like, I just thought, well, from watching the movie, that it was going to be a movie about, like, some kind of, like, Asian-American immigrant, like, thing, but also tie in the multiverse. But no, it's just a multiverse movie that happens to have all the characters, like, 
be this immigrant Chinese family. See, here's the thing. They took a movie that should have leaned into just just the family thing, and they're like, no, we're going to tackle the multiverse in all of its supposed glory. Meanwhile, you know what movie came out during that time? Doctor Strange and the, like, (laughs) like the Doctor Strange multiverse movie? Yep. And that was, okay, look. For those of you who think Doctor Strange and uh, the multiverse, like, and that, that was a good movie you're just wrong okay you're, you're just wrong now if you're you were entertained by it i can accept that right if mm-hmm. you were entertained by mm-hmm. it if you thought that was a good movie i'm sorry you're just flat out wrong um and it is kind of just like insulting that those two movies came out at the same time and obviously look different <laughs> studios i'm not saying but yes. it's because i saw those two in very close time periods of each other and i'm just like wow Doctor Strange just got slapped. Like, Mm -hmm. for a movie that is, like, okay, because everything everywhere all at once, it ends with not the multiverse stuff, right? And you can say that Doctor Strange wasn't about the multiverse, whatever. It wasn't, like, the focus and the the lesson in both of them. But I'm like, okay, so... It was a vehicle through which they wanted to deliver their message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, so one, dove right in you know into this complex idea and just like played around with it in like the coolest way possible right and the other one did it in the most bland and cowardly way possible and and then was like hey what but what what about zombies (laughs) like you you like zombies right um doctor strange's multiverse thing felt like a tv show and not like a new tv show but like an old school like on network television tv show that they made into a movie like that was the kind of storylines that that we are getting from from that one after like freaking marvel put out actual tv series like you know on their streaming services like loki or the one that that was before doctor strange wandavision that ties really closely to Doctor Strange. WandaVision was amazing. And then Doctor Strange 2 was... Um, Doctor Strange 1 was amazing. That was one of my favorite movies in Marvel. 2 was so bad. Um, two, 2 was yeah. really bad. But no, it was insulting yeah. and glaring how bad Doctor Strange's uh, like, handling of mm-hmm. the multiverse was. Okay. Because it's like, after you saw that, you're like, oh, maybe Marvel's just not that deep with their multiverse. Like, no, Loki exists. Yeah. They're they're on top of it. Well, th- They just decided not to show much of it in the movie that they titled Multiverse. Okay, right. Or, well, look, their entire phase right now is about is about the multiverse. No, it's about the multiverse. Right. Like, it's good, like Ant-Man's gonna come out. Like, I really hope that it is, like, leagues above Doctor Strange. Because that was... Like, people complain about, like, Thor being the worst movie or whatever. I saw Thor. I thought it was fine. I liked it better than Doctor Strange. But more importantly, who cares if it was not good? It doesn't affect anything. Really. Like, it was kind of a nice little side story that you could take it or leave it. But, like, Doctor Strange 2 and then presumably Ant-Man that's coming up and Spider-Man presumably is going to tie back into it. Like, they seem like they're actually important for stuff. So they need to, like, be tight. And they are not. um, At least so far. Anyway... Uh, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Such an amazing movie. I hope it wins some more awards. Um, and uh, if you were even thinking about watching it, like definitely watch it. It has something for everyone. The pace is ridiculous. 
Like, I'm a slow person too, so the pace was real bad for me. This was like the one movie where we paused a lot, and because brand new, just like pausing in the middle of movies and going on completely irrelevant tangents about like something she saw on TikTok. I didn't even mind this time. I was like, go for it. I need a little time to process the last four lines that were just spoken. And then we can watch another five minutes before we interject something. Because it's everywhere, everything all at once. So there's going to be a lot of things to tie in if you want to tie in irrelevant, barely relevant TikTok videos you've seen. Um, but uh, it's, it's just, it's very dense. It attacks you at everything. They, they call it like, oh, it's a whole bunch of genres mixed into one. It's like, it's everything. Like, I can't think of a thing that is not in this movie. And it's only two and a half hours. It's not like a five-hour movie or anything. And it moves along. It concludes in a satisfying manner. It goes everywhere that you thought that maybe they could have gone. And somehow, it like it was a lot, but it never felt rushed. Every single theme and concept and thing that they put out had a chance to breathe, go somewhere, and like apply itself to the theme and message and overall thing. It lives up like, to the title. Yeah. Yeah, this is such excellent writing and directing. Like, acting too, but, like, writing and directing. Oof. So, this is the thing, like, and it's why uh, I think any movie that tackles the infinite multiverse is tough. Because it's the infinite multiverse. You are not bound by anything. Everything is on board, and that makes it scary, intimidating, like, and ridiculous, right? And, and you mm-hmm. have to embrace all that, and that's what it did. And meanwhile, Doctor Strange, in which, oh, and and also, this is what's kind of like even funnier about it, and and kind of sad about the Doctor Strange thing. They spent, you know, there's a backstory there. It's like you know what's going on with Doctor Strange. They mm-hmm. they almost yep. cheat in a way in which like you mm-hmm. don't have to establish as much at the beginning, right? Here yeah. in a brand new a whole... movie, you have to establish well. <laughs> everything, right? Like, yeah, you have to st- like I don't know who these characters are. But I was about to say, it, it may have worked better for some people if they didn't establish Wanda's backstory so 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 nicely in Wanda. Well, yes, they they were they were <laughs> yes, uh, people were were angry about that. So, like that's the problem with like Doctor Strange as well. It's like when you have something that has literally infinite possibilities. Um, and you are afraid to do anything but use it as the, the simplest vehicle to, to get to your next story point that you want to tell. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that feels real sad. Yeah. That feels really, really sad. Uh, but everything everywhere all at once uh, just says, like, yes, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be, like, it, it's going to be everything. Like, if, if infinite is, like... The, the status quo then we're going to embrace it mm-hmm. right because yeah. the, the more that you lean away from literally infinite possibilities uh and the, the more ridiculous it actually seems it's like in dr strange yeah. you're like oh okay all these universes yeah sure okay there's a strange i guess um and the question is always like well if there's infinite universes there's got to be some in which like nothing exists right and everything mm-hmm. everywhere all at once is like yeah yeah there is mm-hmm. of course yeah. Yeah. there's there's all sorts of stuff they they really they, they're they treat you they, they always treat the viewer with respect yes like they'll pose something and they'll be like oh here's an uh, objection that i think you'll have and we'll just explain it away right there's like there's not that much dialogue but when there is it's very pointed it's like oh i know you're thinking of this so let me just answer this right we're not going to just like brush it under the rug 
And what I love the most about this movie, I mean, one of the many things I love about it, was that the ending actually, like, two hours into the movie, there's a half hour left. I'm like, there's no way they're going to wrap up this movie. There is zero percent chance they have any way of convincingly wrapping up this movie because it was it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and it was just everything, and they wrapped it up in a super neat way that had all the logical and emotional impact and every character's arc it was basically resolved. There's like a couple of things left open, but not like super important things, and it they wrapped up a movie about everything that went everywhere. And they brought it back. And they're like tied a neat little bow on it. And at the end of it, if you look at like... Because a lot of movies that are, especially the ones that are more philosophical, you get to the end and then you'll have people like theorizing about what this means or what happened or what are the possible interpretations of it. You won't find that with everywhere, uh, everything everywhere all at once. You won't find it because there is... like It's almost ruining the ending, but there is an answer. And so all you'll get is, like, people explaining the answer that the directors clearly wanted you to reach. And that is almost impossible. And, and it's, you know, it's a pretty good one. Like, it's not, like, one that you're, like, left sitting there and being like, oh, uh, you know, like, but it's, it's, it's pretty satisfying. Which was all, like, that made it even more impressive. Like, I think it really is a, like, genius writing and directing. And they had a shoestring budget, too, uh, for some of the effects that they pulled off. All right. I think we talked more about these movies than we did about actual Hearthstone, which, you know. Yeah, well, that, that shows you how much actual Hearthstone means right now. It's true. means nothing. <laughs> means absolutely nothing. Let's get uh, some changes going on. Yeah. So uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week when there will be, according to the devs, that hot fix. They didn't say what was in it. But there is going to be arena changes. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, it's a hot fix. It won't be that big. But hopefully it'll shake things up a bit more from what we'll see. And it really won't be that hard to shake things up a bit more. If they just nerfed the cards they should have nerfed anyway in their change from a month ago, at least the Death Knight meta would get shaken up. So the Death Knights will look different. They'll still have the same win rate, but they'll look different. All right. Uh, Until then, uh, this is Abukta. This is Murph. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.